Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Heymans, and I'm here to talk to you all about law and society. Lots of society. We're here at WCCF News Radio. That's 1580 on the AM dial, 100.9 on the FM dial and streaming out across the World Wide Web on iHeart platform, WCCFAM.com. The, uh, we're also on Facebook Live, thanks to Zane Scott Bickerstaff, who's uh, running the camera and the board, and Zane's going to tag my Facebook page so that you will also be able to find the Facebook uh, uh, by tuning in to Michael P. Hamans. So, uh we have guests this morning. We have Peggy and Emery Williams, and uh, a longtime friends that uh, I guess we met at the Guitar Army. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So when did when was that? How long ago was that? Well, we bought a place in Punta Gorda around '04. Just, okay, just, just after be, the no, hur- just, no, just before, before the hurricane. You pre- moved pre- here for the hurricane. Yes. Yeah. BC. <laughs> BC. Go figure. So, uh, and you, you started out as uh, snowbirds. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So, y'all are married for how long now? Forever? Go ahead. Forever. This January will be 55 years. Wow. You don't look that old. Thanks. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> you, you robbed the cradle. Exactly. Yeah. We robbed each other's cradle. cradle. <laughs> that, that's our typical story. So, uh, 55 years ago, tell... Tell me about how did y'all meet? Well, I I knew of him like almost my entire life. He lived around the block from uh, my family. And, and where is that? In Depew, New York. Just outside of Buffalo. Just outside of Buffalo. Okay. And he was my cousin's best friend. Okay. Not your cousin. That's a, no. Oh, wrong state. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> no. No, we're a couple states north. <laughs> He's Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, and they'd come over and see my older sister because I was a, you know, brat. But, yeah, so I still. knew of him for a long time, and I still am a brat. So yes. there you go. So uh, if if we uh, get a caller to call in, then we'll need these. Other than that, you don't have to wear that. Good. Yeah. So I, as a matter of fact, the... Uh, it's an, uh, interesting. For those of you on Facebook, you'll get to see it. But, uh, but one of the, uh, the uh, most expressive parts about this couple is Peggy's face. I mean, just <laughs> she has the best. Blessing eye, and the she, curse. Yeah, she has, she has uh, the best eye rolls of anybody. Just let me say that. So, <laughs> you, so, you can feel them from a few feet away. So, uh, so, so you knew about. Emery uh, from around the block, and he would come around because of your older sister a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and so, how did that all work out? I mean, he just you hooked him, he hooked you. How did that go? Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure if you could, who hooked who or whatever. But um, I had a friend of mine who was, was encouraging me to 
you know, go and talk to him and stuff like this at a, at a dance and stuff like that. And, and then after that, oh, we were inseparable. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was in our high school years. Yeah. So y'all have been together since high school. Yeah. So how, how much older than Peg are you? Uh, decades. <laughs> Just a couple years. Yeah. So, so you know, that that's not atypical. You know, the guys date to younger women, gals are dating older guys. That's just the way the world works, it's at least at, uh, yeah. in high school and junior high. Kind yeah, of for a lot times. of people. For, yeah, for that's most people's experience, I think. It, and so is that your same recollection of how this all got started? Pretty much. Her cousin was my best friend, and he lived about four houses down the street from me, and we, we hung out together all through elementary school. And he said we'd walk around the block to go visit her, her sister, excuse me, <clears throat> who was a couple years older than us. <clears throat> An older woman. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. She was more exciting. And uh, just, just to go for a visit and uh, hang out with some of the kids on that, that street that she lived on. And somewhere in our teens, we did kind of take a closer look at each other. And it has worked out. So, so... Did you get married soon after high school? How mm-hmm. did that work? I mm-hmm. was in college at the time. Yeah, where? I went to a school that has changed its its name now. It was a school in, in western New York called Alfred State Agricultural and Technical College. A big ag program there, but I, I was a tech, technical student. I took mechanical technology. Uh-huh. And uh, that, that was the first school I went to after high school. Uh-huh. So... It, the, my brother ended up going to, uh, in Georgia, there's Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College. Uh, he went because of the rodeo team. I mean, he, he went to, to do rodeo. <laughs> He's, a number of people from around here went to school there. So I'm a little bit familiar with the ag schools and uh-huh. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, were, were you both playing music? Were you writing at the time? So... The, this this morning's guests are very very uh, fine musicians. Uh, they uh, they play uh, regionally, uh, regularly, uh, locally all, a lot, uh, and uh, have been on the uh, the Florida folk scene at a number of the uh, events for a number of years now, mm-hmm. and uh, well received. Uh, and I'm going to get them to tell you about that a little bit about the music, but also Peggy's written three books. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get her to talk about that a little bit. As a matter of fact, we were at the Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center for a, a YRI. You wrote it, you read it, and uh, and she read some really great passages out uh, from some of her uh, work there. And so we've been threatening each other about uh, having them back on. This isn't the first time you've no. been on the show. You've no. been on the show many years ago. I mean, yeah, we've been a doing this ago. now for. 11 years, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. 12 years coming up. Mm-hmm. So uh, so sometime in the earlier days, uh, you, you mm-hmm. were on. Uh, and uh, when we do the shout-outs to when they're at uh, Washington State, uh, <laughs> they they travel to Washington to see children and grandchildren. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And then we get up really early yeah. to hear you. <laughs> it would actually, you know, even my body clock was all screwed up from the time zone change and getting used to Seattle, and I would have to set a set an alarm so I could get up 
to be ready to listen to this program at 8 yeah. o'clock Pacific time, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Which we rarely see here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that, yeah. There's uh, body, cl- well, y'all are, don't have to get up for a particular job. Your job is what you set your uh, mind to do these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were back when you were just getting married. You were in college. You were just out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you playing music, either of you, at the time? Not really, no. Um, I would play guitar and stuff when we would go camping with my family and stuff like that. But nothing really like I do now. You weren't playing out. You weren't writing no. your own music. You were no, not really, no. Sing-alongs and campfire stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah pretty much. So, uh, but you had to... I mean, you were playing music, so you started playing at some point early enough to be a musician or a guitar player. You could, I guess you could say that. She did play guitar. I did play guitar. So she she had a start. As a young young person, she was playing guitar. She was a a, a young Joan Baez type person. I did a lot of folk stuff. Very but funky. and and I and I tell people I really haven't um, my guitar skills have not you know gotten that much better <laughs> than when I first started. <laughs> I I told somebody uh, about the way I am with uh, musical instruments. Once I get proficient enough to call it music, then it's like oh that's good enough you know kind of deal. <laughs> I, it's sort of like the way I treat a computer is like just a glorified typewriter. Once I you know, I it does so many more things, but I get a, once I get the typewriter part of it down, that's about mm-hmm. all. I, that's good enough, mm-hmm. you know, kind of deal. Okay, and so a little bit of analogy on that. Maybe. Yeah, but the uh, doesn't keep me from uh, from torturing people on new instruments. Fairly <laughs> really, uh, right, uh, I understand. I do that too. So does her husband. Yes. Yeah. So so. So you were playing some music along. Were you writing? Did you have? No. You, did you were are a journaler? How, how did you? No, no, not at all. Um, in fact, if it came to reading or writing, eh, that was the farthest thing from my mind. Um, and it wasn't until I started looking into uh, genealogy that I, I, I just found interesting people. So that's started the books, and a friend of mine had taken her lyrics and put them down as poetry in a book, and I read it, and it was like really eye-opening because you hear a song, and a lot of things are glossed over or, or you miss things, but when you read the poetry, you get a different understanding of what the person is trying to tell you. So I said, I got lots of stuff. I could just do that. What the heck? So that's that's my other, that's my third book is okay. lyrics. The lyrics book. Yeah. That's a, oh. So, so what do we have here? We have, we have and, two books on, on family history. Yep. An American family history by Peggy Dal- Daly, Daly Williams. Mm-hmm. And, Relative Tangents in American Family History, Part 2. Mm-hmm. Do you need to read the book one before no. you read the book two? No. And then the uh, this last one, The Song Painter. And this is your lyrics as you've laid them down. And, yes. Uh, 
do you do you also annotate what the music score would be in there at all with no the, or what okay. <laughs> no okay. no it's just it's strictly lyrics and actually some of them in here did not make it to songs they were supposed to but they just didn't um and some of the poetry or or prose that are in the family books are actually songs so they're kind of mixed in but mm-hmm. i didn't want to repeat in my third book what i did in the other two so let's we'll we'll come back and talk about how one goes about publishing a book mm-hmm. at some point here don't let us miss that but i wanted to pick back up on the string of sort of your your life before and how you got here and kind of thing so so emory went to college when did you end up i i know that you were a trooper uh i was a new york i was i was a police officer in in the state of new york and, and also and started out as a sheriff's deputy in erie county which is buffalo right area and then then i went to a municipal police department just outside the city uh Greener pastures, more money, a better retirement program, and closer to home. Didn't know where you'd be with the county at at the given time, but but that's that's so so far back on my resume. Oh, is that right? Yes, I I have a resume like this. When actually when I was in school, I was on a co-op program where I was actually out working as a draftsman uh, for my last semester in in school and with a few other students and we got graded on our work out in industry uh-huh. and uh, I went from being a mechanical draftsman into designer I worked for a professional engineer I left there so I did some drafting and surveying with him I, I got into sales I sold insurance and we were in a small community that, that, out, away from the college. From Peggy's face yeah. that seemed like that wasn't your favorite. Job. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> then we re- relocated back up near near Buffalo to family area. I, I worked for General Motors, and I had various jobs there. Uh, it it wasn't as they had said it would be. I started out. I was I was an inspector testing engines, and told you're going to be a supervisor. Didn't happen. So I had a variety of different jobs, and I ended up becoming an apprentice. I got on an apprentice program. I, I am also a journeyman tool maker, and as part of that, I worked in their their tool design department too, as part of my apprenticeship. So I was drawing there. I also taught school. I I, I taught adult education for other apprentices. I was teaching blueprint reading at one of the local schools that the apprentices had to go to. And on what? Uh, then I I worked for another company or two while I was while I was there. And then finally got into the criminal justice system, and that's what I'm retired from. As 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 the good guy. Yeah, the yeah, good guy. As the good guy. <laughs> yes, yes. Did you work outside of the home? Yes, I I did clerical work at a community college in Buffalo, in downtown Buffalo. So clerical. So you I, worked for the president of the. Well, I I started in financial aid. And then I moved on to the admissions office and then ended up in the registrar's office. Mm-hmm. The, Student services. And that was a long-time job for you? I worked there about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, then 
life, uh, my neck went out and I was flat on my back for like three months, ate up all my time that I had accrued and they offered me a retirement package and I took it. How many children do y'all have? Two. Two. What ages? They're They're adults. adults. (laughs) So, and and how many grandkids? Two. One one each. Yeah. Yeah. Our youngest grandchild is... (laughs) Is 22. And he's the one who just graduated from the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. So, so you all lived in New York the whole time uh, during all of your uh, uh, adult career life. Right. Such as yes. That. And then 2004, you bought. How did you find Port Charlotte, Charlotte oh. County? How, how did that happen? Emory did a lot of homework. We, we used to, pre-retirement, we used to do a lot of scuba diving. We'd go to Cozumel a couple mm-hmm. times a year to dive. We fell in love with Cozumel, and Sunday nights in in, in the little city of on Cozumel, uh, they all had fiesta every Sunday night. So there'd be music in the town square. The poorest of the poor would get their little kids all dressed up in their, their Sunday finery. We just loved the community and, and music. Then yeah. I did a lot of reading on where to retire. Places to Retire magazine had... Punta Gorda listed favorably. It's really a great place to take a look at. So I said, I need to go somewhere that's warm. Florida just seems like the place for me to go. So we start. We came down here a couple years in a row, vacationing, looking, scouting at it. And while we were doing that, we stumbled upon Gilchrist Park. We got there on, on a Thursday night. Oh my gosh! Here we are. We're in Cozumel on Sunday night. We're having a fiesta. We just fell in love with the music. So mm-hmm. this this is really going to be part of our lives, or or should be. So we we seriously started looking for a place to to live, and that's a great testimony to the uh, to that gathering at uh, Gilchrist Park. You know, in the show just before, in Charlotte County speaks with Ken Lovejoy as Mike Imbasiani. You know, Mike. You know Mike, knew him mm-hmm. since he was 11 years old. Correct, the exactly, mm-hmm. 11. Yeah. started playing along with yeah. Mike. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so it, and uh, I tried to explain to the city council when they did that reconstruction in the park about how fragile, how the, the, such a good tradition and really how fragile it was and how we could ruin it if we weren't careful. And by golly, they, weren't, they worked really hard at, at uh, almost ruining it. Is mm-hmm. that is that your take on it also? Yes. Yeah. It, it yes. Kind of pushed us away. Yeah. It did. I'm glad there are people that are stuck stuck with it yeah. because it's a great community. Yeah. It's it doesn't have the same vibrancy that it used to, but it still exists and it has that spark of the inviting, uh, come join us, play music mm-hmm. uh, part mm-hmm. of it. It's just harder to get there and not quite as many people these days. Not, right. not nearly as many. Right. In its heyday. Yeah. And that's what brought me to start playing again, was going down to the park, because um, we just loved the whole atmosphere. And then, um, you know, I'd be hearing songs that I knew, and I I have an ear for harmony, so I'd start singing along. And then a friend of mine sold me a very cheap guitar, and I, okay, fine, I'll, I'm, I'll go play. And, and then Emery picked up drum and and we just infiltrated <laughs> we, we couldn't keep ourselves from joining in it just yeah. it drew us in 
Mm-hmm. He, had, he had to get involved. And so you were early on on the uh, just on the drum on the Kona, right? Basically, I started out with with a djembe, mm-hmm. and I felt like I, I think I was the the first person to bring a percussive instrument to to that particular venue. Mm-hmm. And I was sat in the back when I first got it, very pensive, touching it, and finally just oh, let it go, start playing. And and the more I grew, the the better I would would feel of about my music there. Yeah. It, it, it is really inviting that way, and, and people who want to sing and harmonize or attempt to harmonize, there's room. People don't get too upset. I mean, a face uh, now and then uh, uh, on, a, on a wayward uh, note or uh, uh, on off-key kind of deal. I have to tell you, rest in peace, uh, Deb Jameson, but she was the one that could, would give you the hardest look if you were mm-hmm. not singing where mm-hmm. you were supposed to be. Yes. Which was instructive. As, it was, she wasn't trying to drive you off. She was trying to let you know that you needed to be listening here a little closer. Yes. <laughs> but it, it's also a very good learning experience because you ha- if you're going to play, you need to play through people talking or distractions you have to learn to do that and you also nothing's miked so you have to project you have to learn how to do that and i think it's a really good learning experience they're also very welcoming as you said because there are all kinds of levels of talent that come in and everyone is accepted it's 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 very good yeah there was a uh There's been a few clashes of times and and personalities that's that's, but they get worked through pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And and so, uh, so, well, y'all brought musical instruments. Let's hear a song, if you would, please. So, and you're going to play one of uh, you're playing songs that you've written. Yes, only. Yes, yes. So, what you want to start with? Um. Or Kentucky Bourbon. Let's do Kentucky Bourbon. So Emory is on a bass that's a, uh, a, a little tiny bass with very, very uh, expressive uh, strings. Tell us a little bit about your bass there, Emory. This is called a U-bass or ukulele bass. And I'm new to it. It's, it's one of these things, like you said, you pick up an instrument and maybe drive people crazy with, with, with a, something new. Well, I've started doing doing that over the years. After starting out with a djembe at the park, I moved on to harmonicas, and into my seventies, I picked in, in COVID. I picked up a ukulele because I've never played stringed instruments before. So I've been playing a uke for a couple of years, and last year I got this. And I'm not a guitarist, so I'm I'm <laughs> quite the novice on here. So but what I'm are those strings it. made out of? These are a. a a nylon composite, we'll, we'll call it that way. Uh, they, they call them a gut. Thunder, thunder gut is the, the trade name on these from Aquila. They look like a big rubberized thing. State yeah, that's pretty much what they are, a big rubberized thing. Get a, <laughs> a tone here. And uh, this is one that right I don't there? have to play. Yeah, okay. Okay, so okay. we're doing Kentucky bourbon. Yes. Thank you. 
She walks in, takes her seat, and says she'll have a bourbon neat. Bourbon, Kentucky bourbon, two fingers neat. She takes her bourbon neat. Dressed to the nines, she's easily a ten. Comes to this particular bar every now and then and orders bourbon, Kentucky bourbon, two fingers neat. Only half a smile, yet you watch her. All the while, you're intrigued by the heartache in her eyes. You want to approach her, maybe get to know her, but you know that it would not be wise. Kentucky bourbon, two fingers neat. It makes you sad. You know she has inside real class. And as she leaves, you can see she left a kiss on the glass. So when did you write that? Uh, last year. Why? Why? Um, actually, it was um, based on a friend of mine who passed away. Who, a lady who was really tight in a Florida folk circuit. Right. She was up, lived up in nor- northern or central Florida. Right. And she was a great lady. Very classy it. lady. And this is not necessarily about her, but... She wrote a poem um, about Gamble Rogers and the image that she put in my mind when she read that poem was like this this lady who's, you know, um, just kind of sad, not bad, but, you know, just every once in a while she gets into these moods and she's just... Mysterious, enigmatic. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, huh. well, it's a lovely song, and you did a great job keeping good time on it there, Emery. I thought. Thank you. You, you know, that's the that's, that's the fun part. That's the key. I, I'm amazed at that instrument because, to me, just sitting here with the headphones on, listening, that sounds exactly like an upright bass. It it, it does have the sound of an oh, upright. Oh my! Wow, beautiful. So, so just think, plug it into some of your pedals that you have, oh, and what, what you can do with it. <laughs> that would be sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> so is that in one of these books? No, cause that because just it's wrote too that, early. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I just wrote it last September. Okay. So uh, when you, uh, you, you mentioned Florida Folk, and I 
said some things about it. Uh, tell, tell me about the Florida folk scene. What should people know? What, what events should they go to if they want to get the uh, really good taste of what a Florida folk festival is like? Well, we've, we go to a few. Um, Barberville has a, both a spring and a fall festival, and we've gone to that, and that is set up. Um, the Barberville Pioneer Settlement, which is it's north of DeLand, probably about 15, 20 miles north of DeLand, and about 20 miles west of uh, Ormond Beach, Daytona area. It's, it's a, like a recreated village. It's old-time stuff, got an old train station, a church, a schoolhouse, a firehouse. Uh, turpentine the, still, turpentine still Smith, in season. All they, kinds of things. They will grind cane juice down and, and boil it up and mm-hmm. give, give samples out and sell it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that particular festival is, is very neat and unique. They'll have about seven stages <laughs> set up around the perimeter or area of the property. And uh, so each each stage, pe- people will play music for, it's a half-hour set, so it's like 25 minutes, and then, then another group will come on and play. Mm-hmm. So music all day long for Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so if someone wanted to learn more about it and plan a trip to go and catch that, is there, do they have a website? Yes. Yeah, and so yes. Barberville, yeah. pa- Barberville Pioneer Settlement. Right. Uh, and they can find the info there. They'll, there should yeah. be links. And uh, the the next festival there is the first weekend in November, the 4th, 5th, and 6th. So basically the 5th and the 6th. Mm-hmm. It's it's really neat. Yes. Okay. So, and if someone uh, wanted to play there, if they had a group that wanted to play, they there's on that same website a place to submit, and then there's a committee that accepts and rejects. Yes, yes. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have, I'm sorry, I don't have the links to, to them. So, so with these folk festivals, do they pay for the acts that play? Not no. that festival. Mm-hmm. Not that one at Not all. Not that it's, one. It, it's just, it's a joy to be there and play. And as a musician, we we stay on site. We get to camp there. It's 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 boondocking. It's it's dry camping. There's no facilities, uh, but campfires and and so tent camping, music at night, uh, RV, uh, both, both, whatever, whatever. Yeah, you, yeah it's it's on site for the. So, um, for the musician, for right. the you have to be a musician, not the general public. No. Right, the vendors have a place there they are, can stay. There are a number of of places that people can stay that are around there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how about another festival? Well, we go to the Will McLean Festival, uh-huh. which is um, in Dade City at the Sertoma Youth Ranch. Soon which, to be the Will McLean, Will McLean fe- fe- uh, Festival Grounds. I don't know what they're going to call it. Will McLean Foundation is in the process now of taking over the, the Sertoma, Sertoma Youth, Youth yes. Ranch. And that's a wonderful um Festival. And that's Dade City, and that's just north of Tampa. Yes. It's, yeah, it's north of Tampa yes. and east of 75. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been to that one a number of times over the years. Uh, of course, uh, uh, they have a, a Florida uh, songwriting uh, contest. They do. Each year, and you've submitted a number of times. <laughs> yes, I have, and actually made the top ten twice. Yeah. I think that... Uh, 
Wasn't it two years ago that uh, out of the top ten, we had three or four out from the Punta Gorda Guitar Army? There, yes, yes. Yeah. We've had quite a few from down here and um, really good songwriters. Yeah. Um, and I want, uh, Still Friends goes there every year. Yes, sure. yes. And Reyes Taylor right. um, actually was in the top ten a couple uh-huh. of times. Yes. And I think, I think he, I think he had two songs one year that yeah. made the top ten. Right. And um, Mac Martin. Yes. So, so that's the, another one that if you want to play there, you submit something, and then they, the committee, decides whether or not they so have to a space extend for you. whether they want to extend an invitation yes. to yes. you to play or not. Yes. 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 Again, does that one uh, pay any money to musicians? There, is, there is a stipend yeah. on you, that. You have the option of uh, uh-huh. you can accept there. it if you. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Florida, Florida Folk Festival, which is a late May, Memorial Day weekend, they they pay stipends if you do choose. White, that's white spring. up in White Springs. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're very selective. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, there's selective. a lot of there, there's a lot of talent. A lot of a lot of talent. A lot of applicants. Mm-hmm. So, so, play us another song if you would. Okay. That volume okay, Zane? Oh, it sounds great. Okay, this time so she'll she'll tell play me guitar. about your guitar. Um, well, this is an Alvarez. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) But it's all fake. I get, I get a lot of compliments on this guitar, but they're, the, the fretboard is all stickers. Which, which caused I tell everybody that because, um, you know, I, I don't keep secrets. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it looks, uh, it's a, it looks nice. It looks like it's an inlay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially I get a lot of compliments on it. Man, that's not a sticker up here. No, and and this twelfth fret is not a sticker either. But that's it. The rest of them are, you know, you change strings, you put on some stickers. You oh, new I guitar. Know, I know a little bit about the history of that guitar company. They're actually a Japanese company, and the reason that they called it Alvarez is they wanted. Um, they figured that people would associate guitars with Spanish mm-hmm. and Spanish. Mm. So they wanted a name that sounded like it was a Spanish name. So they called him Alvarez. Same thing with Ibanez. Mm. So they wanted something that sounded kind of Spanish so people would buy more guitars. Yeah. But they're beautiful instruments. Tricky, they tricky, are. sneaky, They're both sneaky. good, yeah, good brands. Yes. And um, so this um, this next song is been rewritten so many times it's ridiculous but it's your song you can, I, I can I, yes i can i can do that this yeah, one i wrote this year balls to her bass player on this <laughs> <laughs> that's what i do and this is a fairly new song too mm-hmm. just written in april mm-hmm. it's called jacksonville the breeze in the springtime Stirs the Spanish moss Hanging from the cypress trees The pines and the live oaks In a mattress factory Drying by a tiny flame 1901, May the 3rd That moss was set ablaze And Jacksonville, oh, Jacksonville would never be the same. 
The workers in the factory tried to put that fire out. But it was soon out of control. The wind was picking up. The fire ate a two-mile swath across that southern city. The inferno headed east like Sherman to the sea. Jacksonville, oh, Jacksonville would never be the same. The glow from the flames could be seen up in Savannah. Martial law was declared. They dispatched the state militia. In the space of just eight hours, Old Jacksonville was gone. The paper said that seven died, 10,000 had no home. But after just five months, a thousand permits filled for the people of that city were determined to rebuild. And Jacksonville, oh, Jacksonville would never be the same. From that time till now, many things have changed, but Jacksonville, the Phoenix, had risen from the flames and Jacksonville oh Jacksonville would never be the same and Jacksonville oh Jacksonville would never be the same yeah but you know that's to be able to tell the story of the place and places is that that's that's a, a, a good general topic for folk musicians. How yes. Did, what? Why did you choose to tell a story about Jacksonville? Well, we we went up to hear a friend of ours play, and he said, "Well, I got this song about the mattress factory. Uh, everybody knows that, so we'll just you know gloss over that part." And I had to look it up. <laughs> the Jacksonville mattress fire. We said, so we had I, no I clue went, what Oh my goodness. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that people just gloss over. I mean, this was a huge fire that was set in time between the Chicago fire and San, and San Francisco fire. And it was the worst fire on the East Coast ever. I, I didn't know about it. That's, it, that's news to me. No notoriety about, about yeah, it in general. There's, there's a lot of things that, you know, happen and people, well, yeah, that happened, I guess, or whatever. But they don't keep it in the um, lexicon, you know, they don't talk about it. And um, so I I wrote a poem and then I had to cut it down and cut it down and cut it down because nobody wants to hear a 20-minute song. (laughs) I I don't. (laughs) That was... That was a that was a poke at me, folks. If you didn't know that, I I have I have some long songs. <laughs> yeah, that the 
three and a half minute uh, uh, program for on commercial radio is not. Uh, oh, it's too, difficult. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks for the poke. But, Hell, uh, you're welcome. As a matter of fact, Bick used to, he'd come up to me after a, a song in the circle there. He'd say, seven and a half minutes, Mike. Twelve minutes, Mike. <laughs> right. I Now I have some that uh, they are like five, and I, I keep going, let's see, can we cut anything else out? And I go, uh uh, not yet. <laughs> but nobody complained when the Grateful Dead did it. You know. Well, we're not the Grateful go Dead. Go figure. <laughs> go figure. They had other things on their mind. I'm grateful I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm afraid. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> your uh, your children, what do they think about uh, about? your newfound blossoming of, uh, of your uh, rekindling of all your musical talents and such. Do you play music for them? Um, I try to inflict myself on them, yes. <laughs> as, as a matter of fact, when we went out to Seattle this, this past May to go to, for our grandson's graduation, I didn't want to take an instrument with me on a plane. So, so I bought a uke and had it delivered there. So I had a tenor uke to play because we have played at some open mics out, out there in the past. Mm-hmm. And our daughter or grandson will leave a guitar in their house. And yeah. So we, we can no- have a guitar to noodle with. And I left a set of cheap harmonicas out there a few years back. So if, you know, they're certainly not using them. They're there for me to play with. Mm-hmm. So their house is starting to slowly look like ours. Yeah. <laughs> but their, their, their music store is much smaller than ours. Yes. So the, uh, when I travel, I, I uh, sometimes, well, one of the reasons I started playing a mandolin was because I could stick it up in the uh, overhead, the overhead mm-hmm. whereas you can't do that with a guitar. And the guitar, they used to make accommodation for you with a guitar uh, in the cabin, and they don't do that anymore. And so... Uh, what I found myself doing is when I travel and I'm not going to be able to take an instrument, I go and find a pawn shop when I get there uh-huh. and then go and just buy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a hundred dollar guitar, mm-hmm. uh, to have one while I'm there and then figure out who to give it to before I leave. Right. You know, kind of deal. Right. And, uh, that way you, you don't have the expense and, and, uh, encumbrance of, of travel with it, but then you've got one and, and you get a little adventure to go out because you get a little story. I, I've been in a number of places. I was on, uh, we were on the Victory Chimes up in uh, Three Masted Schooner out of, uh, in Maine. And we stopped, uh, there was, they didn't have a, a one on, sh- on board. And so in one of the little towns we stopped in, went and found, uh, looking for, uh, for a shop, a curio shop and, and, Found one and said, "Do you have a guitar?" And I looked around. and she Says, "No, but my husband has one upstairs that he isn't using anymore. And he probably will sell you that one." Mm-hmm. And so we met people, went into their home, you know, mm-hmm. you know played music a little bit, and then left with a guitar, mm-hmm. and then left it on the Victory Chimes from then on, so that there's one there. So that I like doing that kind of shipping something mm-hmm. where you're going or get it when you're there. As a matter of fact, there was uh, a buddy. Uh, from Miami uh, that uh, has a song, Pack Light. I don't know if you've ever, uh, uh, Pack Light, everything you need's already there, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, hey, I couldn't do the show without 
sponsors, and so I'm going to do a little bit of a break for that. You know, the uh, people at Boca Grand Marina, Boca Grand Marina and beautiful Boca Grand is on Gasparilla Island, a barrier island between the Gulf of Mexico and the Charlotte Harbor Estuary System. You get there by boat through that south entrance to the Boca Bayou and then uh, turn south into the Ott Basin. Uh, it's redredged to minus seven feet so large vessels can get in there. Uh, fuel docks open from uh, uh, year-round seven and uh, eight in the morning until five in the afternoon, seven days a week all year round. If the fuel docks open, so is the ship's store. Uh, the, uh, the dock master's office is there, commands the basin in order to help you tie up safely. Uh, during the month of September, they're closed at the, uh, at, for the restaurant. So you can't get anything to eat until October 13th they'll open back up. But you can still get fuel and the ship stores open, and you can still rent a golf cart and tool around the rest of the island, that kind of thing. So, uh, and when the when the restaurants open, it's delicious and the uh, beautiful setting, friendly, uh, good service. And uh, so, whether you get there by float seaplane like Captain Mark Futch used to do, or you come by boat or come by car, golf cart, bicycle, what? Run, walk, crawl to Boca Green Marina. You'll be happy to be there, and they'll be happy to see you. Uh, also, uh, Gordon Mac Martin. Mac is a is not only a fine musician and songwriter, but he's uh, he's a uh, highly regarded and very successful professional uh, real estate uh, broker. And uh, Gulfland Real Estate is the uh, is the company. You can find it online www.gulflandrealestate.com. Uh, and he, he specializes in lifestyle properties from the Gulf, from, from the Gulf to the country, from the coast to the country. Uh, so check him out if you need to buy some real estate or sell real estate, anything from recreational property to commercial to industrial property, Mac Martin. Uh, also, uh, Gene Gorman Auto Sales. Gene Gorman Auto Sales. You know, uh, you've seen the billboards or the signs if you're from around here. I'd, I'd give them away, but my wife won't let me. I'd fix them for free, but my wife won't let me. That's because it's a family-owned and occupied business. 26 straight years as Charlotte County's number one volume independent used car dealer. They have three locations to serve everyone. One there in Charlotte Harbor, one in Punta Gorda across from the police department, and Gene's dirt cheap cars just south of Acquiesta uh, and heading south on 41 at coming at, south out of Punta Gorda. Uh, the, all the vehicles come with a certification, nationwide warranty. Uh, Owen is the general manager and vice president. His dad, Gene, has a memoir out, You Had to Be There, which is a fun-to-read story. Of course, fun-to-read story. This is this pic, uh, uh, Parks Reese falls out every time I say that. Fun-to-read story about his life from the jungles of Vietnam to the, uh, to the insane asylums to the corporate boardrooms kind of deal. Uh, and, uh, and it's a good book for anyone that's uh, suffered from addiction or knows somebody that is or, or has. And, uh, so, and they're running a promotion. If you uh, buy or sell a vehicle to uh, Gene Gorman Auto Sales, you'll get a copy of Gene's memoir, You Had to Be There, and free oil change for a year. So stop by and go see them. Uh, Captain Bill's Barbershop's open. Go get a haircut. Emery and I, Sorry, we, don't have, I'm we, don't, we, we don't have to worry about that very much. But the uh, uh, And Michael P. Hamer's attorney at law, PA, 
we do a general practice. Uh, if we can't help you, we'll try to get you to someone who can. Give us a call, 941-575-0007. Lori will answer the phone and be very helpful if she can. Uh, we've got time for another song. You got another one on your hit list there for us? Actually, this one um, uh, is a co-write with um, our friend who passed away, Joe Verga. He came over to our house to practice for Barberville. For last last fall's Barberville Fest. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, I got this um, verse, and, and he played it for me, and he says, now you finish it. So at Barberville, I read what I had written, but I hadn't fleshed it out into the song yet. So this is, this is, should I give him the name of this? Okay, I mean, it's in the, you'll, you'll hear it in the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, this is called Big Booty Judy. <laughs> it was just another quiet night. Jimmy was tending bar All the usual customers Yeah, just a quiet night so far Then Big Booty Judy entered the bar Looking for her man That's when the beer bottle hit the floor And the patrons, they all ran she had a nasty reputation for manipulation A razor in her hand The rumor going round was that her man was found In the arms of the barmaid Roxanne Jimmy wanted no trouble He made that very clear He went after Judy She swung and sliced his ear Judy headed for the back room, screamed out for her man Dan, opened the door and found him, but he wasn't with Roxanne, he was with her sister Nancy, oh, doubly betrayed. She tightened her grip on the razor, and all her options weighed. Jimmy had followed her through the open door But all he saw was a pool of blood lying on the floor It was just another quiet night Jimmy was tending bar All the usual customers Yeah, just a quiet night so far Yeah, just a quiet night so far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't be messing with her, huh? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, 
How much time we have there, Zane? We're coming up on three. Okay. Three minutes. Okay. Hey, uh, Parks Reese is a sponsor of this show. Go take a look at his work, Parks Reese, P-A-R-K-S-R-E-E-C-E. You can find him in Livingston, Montana. You can find him online. When you find some of his work, you're going to love it. Buy some of it. Uh, you know, give them for gifts. Keep them for yourself. Uh, but uh, everybody ought to have some Parks Reese artwork. <laughs> the, uh, we're listening to in Alaska with my brother Branch up there and his family. Uh, we, uh, I talked to him last night, and I talked to my brother Dick. Uh, last night was the anniversary of my dad's uh, passing. And uh, so we told each other we loved each other, you know, thought, thinking about that. Uh, we're, uh, yeah. I asked you to tell me some more about publishing a book. And so tell me about these books and how you went about that. Well, this, these are self-published. Um, I used uh, Royal Palm Press in Punta Gorda. Uh, what I had to do was just get, um, well, I got a, a program um, called Scribus, and um, you place things on a page, you know, pictures or, or, or words or whatever, you place them there, and then you, um, you can uh, have, the, have it number the pages or do all kinds of things and figure out your cover and everything, and then I just sent it actually uh, emailed it, and um, they print up a book. Yeah, after your editor. Yeah, he's my editor. Emery's my editor. So so, so do you get a uh, Library of Congress number? No. Does anybody care about that? I don't. Yeah. And uh, did you have you marketed this for broader distribution because what happens with when when you do self-publishing is is you may get a product that you like but you don't have any good no. distribution system. um i i did it mostly for family okay and because you know it's it's my family in fact some of my family have read this and they go you got other people in there other than my family. I go, well, it's about my family, not, <laughs> not necessarily your, your family. family. <laughs> so usually when we're playing at an event or a local gig, we'll have some books available for sale. And so they can get cover my cost. www.pegandm.com. Is that work? G-A-N-D-E-M.com. All right. That's how you get some of these books. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a guest. We're out of here on the drums. Thanks for doing this. We'll see you next week on the radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.